Welcome to The Covid Effect, a podcast mini-series brought to you by The Razor's Edge. In this series, we talk to music industry insiders delving into the effects the Covid pandemic has brought upon each guest's field within the industry. Earlier in the series, we talked to a major label to see what impact the pandemic had had on them. In today's episode, The Bearded Monkey talks to Andrew from independent label APF Records. They discuss how the label has adapted over the past year and how difficult it has been for them, their bands and their fans. Over to The Bearded Monkey and Andrew in the Razor's Edge virtual studio. Bearded Monkey here from the Razor's Edge and today I'm talking with Andrew Field of APF Records. Hello mate, welcome, how are you? Uh, all right, good. Still in one piece. Jolly good, jolly good. Um, so before we start, uh, for those who who are not aware of you, um, or you know are aware of the APF but aren't aware of you know the man behind the uh, behind behind the mask, behind the mirror, behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> uh, can you just introduce yourself and, and your role within APF? Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> well, I uh, I am Andrew Field. And I am the APF in APF Records. Um, so uh, I founded the label in 2017. Yeah. Um, there are actually three of us in APF: myself, Martin, and Jane. Um, but uh, yeah, it's got my name's above the door. Should we put it that way? <laughs> so I mean, you, you, you know, you just sort of mentioned you guys started in in 2000, 2017. I mean, like you've got forty absolutely solid releases under you at the moment. You know, to this date. Uh, I mean, and that was with releases from bands such as Desert Storm, Corrupt Moral Alter, Video Nasties, Pissed, and loads, loads more. What is your secret? I mean, like, just everything you seem to pick up is a banger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what? <clears throat> I'd love to say that there was some big plan behind that. Um, but the signing criteria is, is quite simply, um, do Martin and I like it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I started the label, Martin wasn't involved. He came in, <clears throat> excuse me, in um, 2019. Yeah. So in the early days, it was, do I like it? Yeah. yeah? And, it, and if I like it and I want to release it, then it, it was going to be released. But then um, when Martin came on board, it tended to be nine times out of ten, we both had to agree. Occasionally, uh, one of us would override the other. Yeah. Um, but, but, but basically, it's down to that, our music taste. If we like it, we, we then hope that everyone else will like it. Yeah. Um, and touch wood, so far, so good. You know? Yeah, man, definitely. Uh, so, so kind of, uh, how, how did it all begin? You know, when did you, when did you decide, you know what, I want to start a record label? Uh, well, the first time that I wanted to start a record label, uh, seriously, was when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, when I was growing up, I was obsessed with liner notes. So yeah. I was the guy that would buy a record and, and go through uh, you know which record label had released it, who produced it, who the engineer was. Yeah. Who the, um, so I was always fascinated by record labels, and I, I and I I would then collect releases because they were on record labels. Yeah. So, you know, back in the seventies and eighties, Jet Records, anything they released, I would buy. Yeah. Um, then when I left university, I I um, picked up a work experience job at EMI Records. Yeah. wasn't there for very long, but that gave me a taste of it. Um, and then if you fast forward 30 years, mm. um, I was going to all these gigs in Manchester in the sort of Stone of Doom sludge scene. Mm. Um, and I kept meeting bands who, uh, who weren't signed to a record label. And the most common reason was because there weren't any 
around who really serviced that audience. Yeah. You know, you've got these these big sludge doom stoner labels like Relapse or yeah. Napalm or um, or as was Holy Raw, although they're not around anymore, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you had to be at a certain level to get their attention. Yeah. Uh, and for a band that really was just a sort of a local band, it, the only thing they could do was self-release. So I sat there um, in 2017 and thought, well, look, I've got the time, I've got a bit of money, mm. um, I've got a tiny bit of experience, why don't I ever go? Yeah. And um, and then it was just a question of persuading a, a, a band to be the first band to trust me to release an album which was under yeah. in 2017, uh, and that was the start of it, really. Mm. Thank you, man. So I mean, uh, we've we, we've kind of had uh, you know sort of move, move forward several years, and I mean, uh, we've we've obviously been in the tightest conditions we've we've ever you know we've seen in the music industry as of late. I mean, we've had a full year um, under pandemic conditions. Um, was there a point where actually you started to go? I don't know whether this is this is viable, you know. Um, you know. So when did kind of the severity of the pandemic really start to sort of hit on on you and APF Records? Well, I think the day that we were shut, we were locked down for the first time in yeah. in March last year. I did sit there and think, I wonder what impact this is going to have. Mm. Um, but I was already committed to some pretty serious releases. Yeah. Uh, Beggar, Desert Storm in particular, yeah, their albums were, I'd already paid for them, they yeah. were being manufactured. Yeah. So I kind of had to just roll with those. But then I thought, well, we just have to see how they do. Yeah. And that might give me a gauge and a bar for, for what would happen next. Yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> what's happened since then really is my sales of records and merchandise have broadly stayed the same as they were last year. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason behind that is I would say half of my audience stopped buying yeah. albums and merch. And that's typically because they've either very sadly lost their job or they've been furloughed yeah. um, or they're just unsettled by what's going on in the world at the moment and want to keep their money in the bank. Yeah. yeah. But then the other half of the APS following have bought more. Yeah. And that's typically been because they've kept their jobs. Maybe they're working at home. Yeah. They don't have to pay for their commute anymore. Yeah. Um, they don't. They, they're not going out to the pub. You know, yeah. they've got disposable income, and they get to the end of the month, and just by virtue of being stuck at home, they've got this extra cash, and they think, "Well, I'll tell you what, go and buy some records." Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that, and and so, if you take, you know, those two sort of separate effects into a occasion, we we've stayed roughly the same. Okay, that, that, that's that's wicked to hear. How does how is the uh, digital age affected uh, APF Records? And obviously, you know, you, you uh, offer a range of you know from cassette to CD to vinyl uh, and things like. That. How has uh, the the way that people buy affected APF Records? Well, we're in an era now where eighty percent of music is consumed, for want of a better term, through yeah. streaming. Yeah. yeah? Um, when I was young, because uh, I don't hide from the fact that I'm no spring chicken anymore, you know, <laughs> going to be 50 this year. Yeah. When I was young, people bought a lot more music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was still home take taping, you know, yeah. that, that, um, um, so yeah, there are a lot of things I didn't buy because my mates would lend me them on vinyl and I'd record them on tape. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, you know, that starting block now is, is 80% of, of, 
music is street. Mm. And so 20% is physical. And I think my job as a record label with the physical stuff is to make it stuff that people want to buy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's got to be that combat. It can't just be great music. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be great music that looks good as well. Hence the colored vinyl. Yeah. Uh, with album art that, uh, is, you know, looks sick and people want. Yeah. Mm. Now on the digital side, a label like mine doesn't make money out of streaming. I can tell you that in the four years the APS been going, I have made out of Spotify four thousand mm-hmm. yeah. pounds from forty plus releases. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. Now if you're Sony, yeah, then you're laughing. Yeah. yeah because you've got artists with millions and millions and millions of streams. Yeah. Um, and so that income provides them with a really nice base and the physical stuff, you know, the CDs and the LPs and everything yeah. is the icing on the cake. But APF is reliant on physical sales yeah. on people who buy records, CDs, uh, and tapes, yeah. uh, and are, I'm just forever grateful yeah. to people that do actually buy the physical stuff. Um, but I appreciate as well that, yeah, that there are some people that don't want to buy yeah. LPs, CDs, tapes. Yeah, they want to stream their music all day long. Yeah. And why wouldn't you when Spotify's ten quid a month? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and all I uh, all I say to those people is, look, the reality of, of music making is it costs artists or record labels money to record albums and to put artwork together. Yeah, to get them onto Spotify in the first place, that costs money. Yeah. Uh, and if if it's niche music that's not going to be streamed a million times, yeah. yeah, then the way that you can support a band is by buying a T-shirt, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. Um, be that off of APF or be that directly off the band. Yeah, um, uh, Yeah. so that's what, I think that's what I'd say on that one. Awesome. Um, so, I mean, you know, you know you're, you're a relatively small team. Uh, as as you sort of mentioned earlier, uh, I mean, how has the the pandemic sort of affected, uh, you know, you as a team? Have, you know, have you had to make cuts in order to, uh, to keep things ticking over? Um, you know, kind of what sort of changes have, have you made as a label to um, su- support the business and keep it afloat during during the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, the, the great thing about being small yeah. is that we're versatile. So no, we haven't had to make any cuts. Yeah. Um, and uh, the only major difference is that I'm running the record label from my house. Yeah. Yeah. I usually ha- I usually have an office that I go to. Yeah. Um, but I live in a uh, in a bungalow in Manchester, which is currently every cupboard, storage space, nook, cranny has got a vinyl, CD, a T-shirt, yeah. a tape in it. <laughs> and it's all it's all run out of here. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's the glory of being small. You know, if we'd been a a big label going into the pandemic with lots of staff. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been a different matter. Yeah. Have have you have you done anything that you know you find as you know that you've done specifically different during the pandemic that you think actually when we return back to normal, I'm definitely going to do that again and keep that going. Um, I uh, not so much with APF, but one thing that I would say is that uh, live streaming has very much become a thing, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I certainly think that over the next year until gigs as we knew them before the pandemic yeah. are back in full force, that I think live streaming, once once we're out of this lockdown yeah. um, into whatever's next, be it 
uh, tiered restrictions or, or whatever, I think that there'll be a lot more live streaming. Yeah. I think the other thing as well is record labels like mine, uh, pre-pandemic, a certain amount of stuff we sold through people buying it on the APF website or on Bandcamp, yeah. and then a certain certain uh, amount was sold in record stops yeah. via uh, a distribu- distribution park. Yeah. Well, obviously, records record shops have been shut haven't they? yeah yeah and so um we've uh, spent time and money in getting the word out or where you can buy our release yeah um, because not everyone knows yeah a lot a lot of your casual buyer will buy their music if they're going to buy it on amazon or in hmb mm. um amazon fine but you know hmb hasn't been open really since march has it no, no 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 i can't, I can't, I can't remember when it has been open but to be honest so you know we've invested um, some money in in uh, should we say digital marketing yeah. or paid social media really just to to try and educate people as to where they can hear and buy our band's music without without going to a record shop. Yeah, wicked. Um, so I mean, mental health has been pretty battering over the last last year or so. Um, what have you done to look after yourself during these times? How have you sort of, you know, managed uh, managed everything that's going on uh, through through these difficult times? Yeah, um, uh, I treat every day as it comes, and at the moment I don't look forward yeah. much beyond today. Yeah. So obviously, you know, on the record label side, of course, there's release schedules out scheduled yeah. out for the rest of the year, and I think about those. But in terms of me as an individual, as a person. When I wake up in the morning, I concern with my, uh, myself with what I'm going to be doing that day until I go to bed. Yeah. And if I focus on that, yeah, and don't think too much beyond that. Yeah. You know, then then I do fine. Awesome, great, great. Yeah. I'll tell you what else I'll tell you. Yeah. As a just before the pandemic began, I decided to have a breather from alcohol. Yeah. yeah. I've always been a uh, uh, a big party animal. Yeah. yeah, always like to get a gigs and get wrecked. Yeah. Um, but I just got to the point where that was kind of getting a bit old. Yeah. So pre- just literally weeks before the pandemic, yeah. I stopped drinking. Um, and I honestly think that that's made a huge difference yeah. to my mental health during the pandemic because old me yeah. would have spent the last year getting pissed yeah. and then the next day being depressed and anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Whilst I sobered up. Yeah. <laughs> until I hit it again the next night or the next night. Yeah. Um, so that little cycle um, I, I brought to a close, and I think that's been a massive benefit to me over the last year as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's finding positive coping mechanisms, mechanisms isn't it? Totally. Yeah. yeah, you know, a lot of people that I've spoken to who've, who've been hammering the drink mm. to deal with the pandemic, yeah. Uh, a lot of them, a lot of people I've spoken to said, yeah, yeah, I'm drinking far too much, but I need to stop because, God, it's... Yeah, so down and lethargic you know yeah um and uh i've not had to worry about that you know i've been sober all the way through and and so i've not woken up with these screaming hangovers or raging anxiety yeah um and i think that's just helped me focus on on the day ahead yeah and do, do you kind of um push forward your mantra onto your bands and your staff you know to, to keep their mental health going uh and how have you supported them um, I speak to um, a lot of my band regularly, yeah, 
um, stating the obvious, any band that I'm releasing something for over, you know, over the last month or over the next few months, I'm talking to them a lot. Yeah. Um, but even with, you know, with, with bands who aren't releasing anything, um, just at the present time, I'm in touch with all of them. And with some of them, you do talk about how they're doing. Yeah. Mm. Others don't want to talk about it. Some do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I suppose the one good thing with me being nearly 50, yeah, and some of the bands on, well, pretty much every band on the label <laughs> being uh, younger than I am, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm seen as this kind of, a lot of them call me Uncle Dad, <laughs> yeah, uh, this kind of like Uncle Dad figure, and uh, if ever they if ever they want to talk, you know, about how they're doing yeah. and about um, that, then I'll talk to them about it, but it's a, it's a personal thing, you know? Yeah. Definitely. How do, how do you feel that APF Records uh, are helping fans uh, throughout the crisis? <laughs> how are we helping fans? Well, you know, I'd like to think that we're giving them a parade of really good music. Yeah. yeah? Of course I'm going to say that. I mean, APF is prolific. There's, there's, you know, as of, we announced the signing of Wasted Death yesterday, yeah. our newest band, but that means we have 40 bands on the label now. Yeah. Um, and we churn out 12 to 15 album and EP releases a year. Yeah. Um, and I like to think that we're giving people a steady stream of good stuff to listen to. Yeah. Um, tried to be active on social media as well. So we've interviewed some of our bands ourselves yeah. and put those interviews up on the APF website. Yeah. Um, we've come up with cool merch, you know, um, and tried to be engaging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, the thing that makes me happiest is when uh, I re- APS releases an album yeah. and someone who's bought it messages me and goes, do you know what, Phil, that album is absolutely killer. Yeah. Uh, um, I've listened to it three or four times already and it's taken me out of uh, you know, all this shit that's going down at the moment. Uh, yeah. To me, that's job done, really. Yeah, definitely. Give that some of that bit of happiness and escape for a couple of hours. Well, I, th- I think especially the sort of the sort of music that you that you know you've got on on APF Records, it is that sort of very like you listen to it to to get a release, uh, yeah. and you know like because I mean like because it, it's like you know it's so aggressive, but like I, I, I can never sort of explain like they, the sort of the, the the reason why I love the bands that are on your label is just because they're aggressive but they're sort of beautiful at the same time uh, and and it's sort of you, you get all that anger out when you're listening to it because you know like it's like the kind of thing when you go to a gear you get the mosh pit and that sort of thing you just get all your aggression out you, you're getting it through your ears so then you can just sort of go <sighs> I can go back I don't know yeah I mean do you you know what I listen I spend 80% of my time listening to stuff that I've released yeah and the reason I do that is because I love it yeah yeah um uh, as I said before Martin and I won't release anything unless we are passionate about it yeah Yeah? so there's nothing I've released that I don't listen to and what what I like what I like about what I've released is there's two broadly speaking there's two kinds of music in there yeah yeah there's the aggressive stuff yeah. which at the moment can be really cathartic. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm if I'm a bit pissed off or, you know, need a bit of a release and I can put on Correct My Relanta, yeah. Mastiff, Beggar, yeah. you know, something nasty like that. But I've also, conversely, got bands uh, like Indica Blues or yeah. The Brothers K, yeah. who it's clean singing, it's much more stonery rather than sludgy. Yeah. Um, and I can 
put the brother's keg on, for example, and lose myself for 50 minutes in there. Yeah. You know, they're much more melodic, graceful yeah. kind of metal as well. So, yeah, yeah hopefully uh, covering both bases. And, yeah. of course, if I want something that's just really weird, I can put under on. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you see a, a light at the end of the tunnel for the music, for the music scene at the moment? Yeah, I do. And that's because if you look... If you if you look back on the last 40, 50, 60, right, okay. If you look back on the last 60 years of, uh, of should we say, rock music, yeah, um, it's always evolved, and um, those involved in it have responded to that evolution. Yeah. yeah? Um, so uh, at the moment, yes, we're in an era where musicians and labels and everyone is having to respond to a streaming taking away a load of money yeah. um, to live and live merch sales in particular being almost more important than what you can buy in a shop yeah. and the fact that there's no gigs at the moment and the fact that venues are in trouble yeah. but when we come out of this yeah, people are still going to want music they're still going to want to get a gig yeah. Yeah? and bands and promoters and gig goers and everyone involved will find a way to uh you know, to get around all of these nightmares and headaches and challenges yeah. that we've got at the moment um just one thing if you don't mind me saying at the moment on streaming i'm not anti-streaming at all yeah i i, I constantly see people griping yeah. about about spotify yeah i have a slightly different view yeah. yeah which is yeah okay i get the argument that you know daniel Eck is very good at piling all this money and not paying artists yeah but Spotify is a massive shop window, yeah? People stumble across APF releases on playlists, yeah, yeah? or through recommendations. Um, and I see that as a good thing. And, 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 and our job then, bands and label, is to, is to convert that from that person finding that track on Spotify in a playlist yeah. into going to the show, yeah. yeah? Or perhaps buying a T-shirt if they don't buy uh, music. And, and it's no different from Netflix. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't hear people bitching about Netflix. Yeah. But all Netflix is is the Spotify of the, of the television and movie world, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So a lot of people don't buy Blu-rays anymore. Yeah. yeah. Because they can, they can watch almost everything they want by paying twenty quid a month for Netflix, Amazon Prime, Now TV, and a few others. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm a Spotify user myself, but I mean, like, it's one of those things if I. If I hear something, I like it. I buy it, you know. Yeah. And, and I think it's uh, it's one of those things. And like, and I, and I think from from the, the thing that I love about APF, uh, and obviously, you know, what what you're on our hit on our hit list for for you know this series, um, you I think I think with the record label, you trust what they what they release. You know, like for, coming from a consumer's point of view, you trust what what they release. And so you're sort of uh, you know that whatever whatever you guys are going to come up with, it's going to be good, and I'm going to enjoy it, you know. And, and I, th I think that's you know that's really important, kind of from a you know from a consumer customer relationship and that sort of thing. So yeah. Then, thank you very much. <laughs> no, 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 no problem. I mean, you raise an interesting point there, and in uh, you, you know, as I said already, we release stuff that we like. Yeah. Yeah. But. But we do feel a responsibility towards the APF hardcore, as I call them. There, there is a there is a hardcore of 
people who will buy everything the label puts out yeah. having not heard anything from yeah. that forthcoming release. Yeah. I do feel a responsibility towards them. Yeah. Um, and how we, I think, just how we approach that is we make sure that we don't go too far off of what we're known for. Yeah. Yeah. So whilst the core of APF is Sludge, Stoner, Doom, um, we go outside that with the likes of the Video Nasties or Black and Roll yeah. or Crump Moral Alter who are a bit more grindcore yeah. or Under who are just unclassifiable. Yeah. But it's highly unlikely that APF would release a hip hop album. Yeah. You know, just because uh, the, the the faithful, yeah. um, it's probably just going a bit too far off the beaten path. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so kind of hindsight's a wonderful thing. Uh, knowing all that we know now, as a label, would you have done anything differently to to handle the situation, or do you actually feel that actually APF have really handled this the best that you possibly could? Yeah, I th um, do you know what? I think that we've come out with, we are, you know, a year into this pandemic. Yeah. We're in better shape than we were at the beginning. Yeah. Um, in terms of well, finances in particular. Yeah. yeah it has been a, it's been a good year for us. But I'd love to tell you that I'm one of these guys who, on the, on the day that Boris in March last year went, right, that's it, you're all at home. Yeah. I went, right, okay, well, here's how we're going to respond to that. Yeah. It just didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but what we did do was I think we just took note of, you know, I hate using this term of like consumption habits, but how people were listening. Yeah. You know, keeping a real eye on uh, sales, but also on streaming, mm. um, and, and just trying to understand how the pandemic was affecting, yeah. um, uh, affecting people. Um, and I think we did learn a bit from that, but there was no grand plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I think over the last year, I mean, we've released 12, 14 albums and EPs. I think they've been really good. Yeah. Um, and people seem to have had the same opinion because they've all sold really well. Yeah. Bro, bro, bro. Um, what's, what, what, what do you kind of see, um, you know, where, where do you see APF going from here? Like, you know, hopefully once the lockdown's over, how's APF going to grow in the next five, 10, 15 years? What's your vision? APF quite simply wants to keep putting out really great music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will feel if I, I will have failed is if we put an album out that everyone just goes, Oh my God, that's awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and we, we hope that people like it enough that they buy it rather than just stream it. Yeah. yeah? Um, and over the last year we've, we've, we, we have grown. I mean, Video Nasties, is, which was released in March last year, is our biggest selling album already. Yeah. Um, the Brothers Keg, which came out in, uh, gosh, when was it? Autumn last year. Yeah. Has sold way beyond our expectations. The Last Possessor album was massive. Yeah. Um, so we have grown in that way. But whether or not we grow to be bigger yeah. will be luck. Yeah. yeah, because I can sit here and honestly tell you there is no plan for us to to become a relapse. Yeah, yeah, um, or become a napalm. Um, you know, it's just not in the plan. No. Uh, but I always look at a release and think, I wonder if this will be the one that goes and sells two thousand copies rather than six hundred. Yeah, you know, and you just never know. Yeah, 
Um, but I have a, I have this funny feeling that I'm going to release something over the next year or so. It's just a gut feeling yeah. that it's going to capture the imagination a bit and it's going to sell really quite well. Uh, and then at that point, I think we'll worry about what we're going to do. <laughs> as you say, take, take every day as it comes. <laughs> yeah, man, exactly. Thank you, Andrew, for chatting with us here at the Razor's Edge. To find out more about upcoming releases and more information, such as the interviews with the bands and that sort of thing, head over to www.apfrecords.co.uk. Thank you, mate. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, it's been good chatting. Cheers, mate. Nice one. Thanks for listening. Make sure you keep up to date with future episodes by subscribing to our channels. For more information on this podcast, or for all the latest music news, reviews, interviews and more, head over to our website, www.therazorsedge.rocks.